Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hey, Fox River, how you doing today? Good. All right. Hey, if we haven't met, my name is Bill. And I am so happy to be here with you this weekend. You don't need to know this about me, but I'm just going to share something. Uh, hey, I like to rest. All right? When, when I'm working hard, you know what I look forward to? Vacation. All right? When I'm riding my bike, I love cycling. I love that. When I'm, when I'm about to crest the hill, and then, in fact, when I get just over the top there, you know what I like to do? I like to rest or coast down the hill the other side, right? Okay? Um, man, I just... I just Love to sleep in, if I'm honest, if my back allows me to. I'm a stomach sleeper, so it kind of hurts in the morning a lot of times. But, but if it's not hurting too bad, oh, man, I'll just hit that snooze button and, you know, forever, okay? Listen, I like to rest. I need to rest, man, because I get tired sometimes. Anybody else get tired sometimes? All right, maybe you're tired, like, right now, okay? Like, man, I'm just tired, all right? Listen, so we were made to work hard, but we were made also to rest, all right? Now, allow me to state the obvious. We need physical rest. Absolutely. Everybody knows that, right? But we also need spiritual rest. In fact, God designed it this way, that that our need for physical rest would, would be a picture for us of the spiritual rest we need for our souls. All right? For example, in our struggle against sin, right? That's not a physical struggle. That's a spiritual struggle, all right? We weren't made to struggle against that. Right? Um, another example is trying to earn our way or, listen, earn our stay when it comes to heaven. All right? That's not a physical struggle. That's a spiritual struggle. All right? Or even things like this, worrying about how I'm going to make it one day to the next as far as money or employment. That's a big thing going on right now especially, right? Or food or shelter or clothing, right? Or, or thinking about things like this, if my children or, or check it out, my grandchildren, if they're going to be okay in this world or in the world that it's quickly becoming. Listen, those things, they just stress our souls, don't they? We need rest for our souls. Spiritual rest is available, all right? It's available. But listen, don't, don't miss this piece. This kind of calibrates the rest of our time together today. That type of rest is only available in Jesus. And that rest is the fresh start that each of us Need. Now, whether you're a Christian already or whether you're somebody who has not yet trusted Jesus to save you, God is offering you that grace of spiritual rest today. The question is this, will you receive it? So I'd like for each of us just to think about that, okay? God is offering us that grace of spiritual rest today. We're going to get into it in just a second. Will I receive it? Just kind of let that kind of marinate in your, in your mind in a way that, that allows God to work that you might receive that rest that he's offering. Now, by God's grace, here's what I would like to do today for each of us. I hope and I pray that I'm able to deliver God's encouragement from him to us today. So, if you're ready, and this is all campuses, this is our online community, if you're ready, somebody say, God, show me how to rest better. Ready? God, show me how to rest better, okay? And if, if, if there's a fresh start that you need in your life, 
Somebody say, Holy Spirit, lead me into the fresh start that you have for me today. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful to be here. We are so thankful, Lord, that you have given us today. It's a gift, and we take a moment here right now to say thank you. God, I pray that we hear from you today. I pray that we not only hear from you, but we understand what you're trying to tell us. And Lord, somehow, some way, by your grace, by the power and permission of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we might not only hear and understand, but we might respond in faith, God, that we might follow you in fresh ways today even. God, that we would be helped and that you, Lord, would be glorified. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's turn to Leviticus chapter 25. Leviticus 25. All right, Leviticus is highly regarded, just to to point out the elephant in the room. Leviticus is highly regarded as the most boring book in the Bible. I hope that changes a little bit today, but we'll, we'll see what happens, right? Leviticus chapter 25. If you turn in there in your uh, physical Bible, it's way at the beginning. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. So it's way on the left here. Leviticus chapter 25. If you turn in there on your digital device, no problem. You just look for the word that says Leviticus, okay? It's, it's gonna, you're going to find it right away. All right, as we get into Leviticus chapter 25, here's just a couple things we should kind of put out there so we, we have a, a good uh, foundation to work from. This takes place about 3,500 years ago. It's a long time. That's 1,500 years before Jesus became a human being and lived on the planet Earth for, for a few years, right? Okay, so it's a long time ago. This is right after God rescues his chosen people out of Egyptian slavery. It's right after that. And it's also right before he ushers them into the land that he promised them, all right? It's kind of in that in-between point, all right, so he's bringing them into the land he promised. Now, when they finally get into the promised land, we know that as modern-day Israel, okay? Again, that doesn't take place in Leviticus 25. They're not there yet. But when they finally get into the land, here's what a normal agricultural year would look like. All right, you plant in the spring. The crops grow all summer, right? And then in the fall, you harvest, right? So you plant in the spring, you harvest in the fall. And whatever you harvest in the fall, here's the hope that it lasts you all the way through the winter, all the way through the next planting season in spring and summer, and then all the way till that next harvest period in fall, right? So when you harvest in the fall, it should last you one year, right? So how long should that harvest last you? How long? One, one year. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. All right, we're tracking. And then every year just kind of goes like that, right? Plant and harvest. Eat, 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 eat. Take another harvest. Eat, 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 eat. I mean, all that, right? So, okay, now that we're on the same page, let's get into Leviticus chapter 25. We're going to start in verse 1. Here we go. The Lord said to Moses at Mount Sinai, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years, sow your fields. And for six years, prune your vineyards and gather their crops. That's that normal six years that we just talked about. In the spring, you plant. In the fall, you harvest. All right, that's, that's what he's saying. For six years, just, just do that, okay? Verse four. But in the seventh year, something different. In the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest. A Sabbath to the Lord. In that seventh year, do not sow your fields. Don't plant anything. 
And don't prune your vineyards, right? Don't gather anything, no harvest in that seventh year. Verse five, do not reap what grows of itself because stuff is gonna grow on its own. Even though you didn't plant anything, stuff is gonna grow on its own, all right? But in verse five, God says, do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your male and female servants, and the hired worker and temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. All right? So, so you can eat what, whatever grows the land during that seventh year, that Sabbath year. You can eat it. Okay? You just don't gather it up. Don't store it up. Even though you want to, don't do it. All right? Let the land rest. And that, that takes place in year number seven, in every multiple of seven, okay? So in year seven, it's a Sabbath year. In year 14, that's a Sabbath year. In year 21, is that a Sabbath year? Yeah, it is. All right, math people are like, man, I love church. I love it. I love it. All right. So 21. Year 28 is a Sabbath year. Year 35, no planting and harvesting. It's a Sabbath year. Year 42, and then also year 49. Can we say 49 together? Ready? 49. Okay, let's remember that. Year 49. Okay, now I want to point out just a quick pattern to you. This is just kind of like fun stuff, okay? But, but it does, there, there is a point here, okay? Back in the beginning of our Bibles, Genesis chapter 1 to be exact, but it's also restated really cleanly and concisely in Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. And, and God tells us there that God made the heavens, the earth, the seas and all that is in them in six days. But on day number seven, he chose to rest, right? Okay, now, did you know that God commanded his people to work for six days? But on the seventh day, he said to his people, you should rest. Good, okay. And now we see in Leviticus chapter 25, we see that planting and harvesting should take place for six years. But during that seventh year, the land should Rest. Very good. Okay, so we see that God, I mean, it's pretty hard to argue with this claim. God really values rest, doesn't he? Okay, now rest is a great thing. All of us would agree with that, but too much of it can be a bad thing. Okay, for example, never exercise. You'll become unhealthy pretty quickly. Okay, take too many breaks at work. You're going to get fired. All right, fall asleep before rubbing your wife's feet. Whoa, you better watch because you get smacked, right? Like, don't listen and skip a whole year of planting and harvesting, you die. Uh huh. Now, the Israelites had to be thinking about that, right? Like, letting the land rest is good, all right? Letting the farmers, right? Letting the, the workers and the servants and the animals, letting them rest is good. But if we take an entire year off, is that really going to work? Like, won't we starve? But wait, it gets even better. Let's keep reading. Verse 8. Count off, so God is continuing to say this, right? Count off seven Sabbath years. That's seven times seven years. So that seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpets sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout the land. Verse 10, consecrate the 50th year. Somebody say 50, ready? 
50. Good. Okay, so we got 49. Now we got 50. Okay, okay. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow, do not reap. Meaning don't plant, don't harvest, okay? Um, What grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and to be holy for you, eat only what is taken directly from the fields. So year 49, quick recap. Year 49 was a Sabbath year, right? No planting, no harvesting. But now God says the 50th year is a jubilee year. No planting, no harvesting. That is two consecutive years, right? Like two years in a row of no planting and no harvesting. We thought we had a problem before. Now we got a bigger problem. How is this going to work out? More on that in a minute. First, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to enjoy the moment, right? We're just going to enjoy, like, like Jubilee sounds like a pretty big deal. Let's dive in. Let's just kind of hang out in the year of Jubilee for a couple minutes, all right? So, so the year of Jubilee was really special. It occurred only once every 50 years. Super special stuff, okay? So special. Listen, most people only experienced it once in their entire lives. And that's if they're lucky because life expectancy was different back then. But Jubilee, that year of Jubilee, once every 50 years, it, here's what it meant. It meant rest. It meant restoration. It meant those things. But listen, it also meant celebration. The year of Jubilee was a year of celebration. And there was a lot to celebrate, all right? Not only how good God is, not only how good he's been to us, right? But, but there was also specific features. Here's the first one that comes out. This is in the verses that we just read, 8 through 12. But if you continue to read through the entire chapter of Leviticus uh, 25, you'll see kind of these details come out. But we're, we're just going to discuss them right here. The first feature is this, liberty. You could think freedom. Freedom's a big deal, isn't it? Some of us are feeling a little pressed on that freedom thing right about now here in the States, at least. So, so it's like, man, freedom is definitely a big deal, okay? So in the year of Jubilee, there was liberty that was proclaimed throughout the land. There was freedom. Freedom for who, okay? Listen, I'm going I'm I'm to narrow the focus. Jewish slaves. There was liberty and freedom for Jewish slaves. Now, you might think, wait a minute, Bill. You're telling me amongst God's chosen people who are going to be in God's chosen land, his promised land, you're telling me there were Jewish slaves? Didn't God just rescue them out of Egyptian slavery and now some of them are in slavery again? That doesn't make any sense. Listen, it's a little different. It's, it's not what might come to mind for many of us, this, this American history type of slavery, okay? It's not that. It's not modern-day slavery, sex trafficking, for example. That's not the type of slavery that's going on or being discussed here, all right? This type of slavery in Leviticus 25 and the rest of the Old Testament, in the Jewish culture, slavery was directly related to extreme debt, okay? Picture this. You're making payments on a loan that you took out, and you run out of money. Well, instead of repaying that loan with money, you would repay with your service, okay? So when you declare bankruptcy, you're going to repay that debt through service or slavery. 
That's what's going on there. Until the year of Jubilee, when all debts are forgiven. Wow, Jubilee is awesome. That's the first feature, okay? All debts are forgiven. There's freedom throughout the land. I love Jubilee, and that's, we're just done with the first one. Second feature is this, all right? It's families reuniting, okay? Just like today, all right, you get families that, that not only, uh, not always stay together, all right? You know, sometimes it's work-related. Sometimes it's marriage-related, right? But you get far, you know, distances far apart. A lot of times, many years apart, for example, all right? It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's true now. It was true back then. Online dating, you know, your daughter marries somebody and, and then like, now they, they move to a different part of the country. You don't see her for a long time. Listen, in the year of Jubilee, families are reuniting. They're coming back together. And it's a wonderful, glorious time, a full year of like, oh, I missed you and I'm so glad to see you. And, and I don't want to think about year 51 when you go away because this is just so good to be together as a family again Okay, great stuff going on. So there's liberty, there's families reuniting, and then this is this third feature of land. Okay, this third feature is the restoration of land or property. If in in between Jubilee years, right, um, if you needed money, say you got in a real big bind or a pinch, here's what you would do: you would sell your land to get money. Okay, you would sell your land. But the year of Jubilee, here's what it meant. The return of all sold property back to their original owner, okay? So, so your family, in the year of Jubilee, your family would, would get that wealth back, all right? In the year of Jubilee, your family would receive that, that social prestige or that social status back because land ownership was a really big deal in this culture, okay? If you had land, you were, you were, you were a family that, that, was, that, that meant something. If you didn't have any land, you were kind of looked down upon a little bit. So the year of Jubilee, all families just excited. We got wealth back. We got social status back. Yes, I love the year of Jubilee, all right? So it's liberty. It's families reuniting. It's, it's wealth and, and land and property back, okay? When God gave his people the year of Jubilee, he was giving them uh, rest from the debts they had been carrying, he was giving them rest from the burdens they'd been bearing. When God gave his people the year of Jubilee, he was giving them a fresh start. Now, back to how God's people were going to like somehow survive after two years, two years in a row of no planting and no harvesting. All right. God knew they would be thinking about that. God knew they should be thinking about that. It's a smart thing to do. Think about how am I going to eat you know, that's, that's, that's a good thing to consider. Smart people do that sort of thing. So, so, so God is like, listen, I know you're thinking about that, and I want to reply. I want to I tell you something. God makes a promise to them. Let's check it out in verse number 18, same chapter, Leviticus 25. He says, I know you're thinking about that. Listen, verse 18. Follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws, and you will live safely in the land. Then, let's all say then together. Ready? Then, okay, that's very important. Then the land will yield its fruit and you will eat your fill and live there in safety. You may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we don't plant or harvest our crops? Now, seventh year is a Sabbath year. So we can substitute in the place of seven, we can substitute 14 in there. We can substitute 21. Let's substitute 49, all right? So, so you could say this. You may ask, what will we eat in the 49th year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? Here's what God says, verse 21, here's the promise. I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year, or 
the 48th year, right? I will send you such a blessing that the land will yield enough for three years. So in year 48, right, the year before the Sabbath year, in year 48, God says, I'm going to bless you like crazy. I'm going to bless your socks off. Because in year 49, the Sabbath year, where there's no planting and harvesting, you're going to have enough to eat. And then in year 50, when there's a jubilee year and you, you're not allowed to plant or harvest, you're going to have enough to eat. All right, that's two years covered. And then in year 51, when you do plant, you're going to have to eat before that harvest comes in, right? Listen, that crop from three years ago, it's going to continue to sustain you. You're going to be all right. God's like, I got you. I will take care of you, right? All they needed to do was believe and trust first. You see, first is faith. Then he makes the miracle. First is faith. Then he makes the miracle. Let's say that together. First is faith. Then he makes the miracle. Right? If they wanted to see a miracle in year 49, they had to believe and trust first. Right? They had to, even though they wanted to plant. Like they wanted to plant. That spring came. God says, don't plant. They wanted to plant. They had to believe him. Even though when the fall came around and, and the land kind of produced some crops on its own, right? They're like, oh, I really want to harvest. I just really want to gather that because I don't know if the food is going to last. I mean, there's a big pile of food from previous year, but man, I, just, I don't know if it's going to make it. Okay, I want to gather. Listen, they couldn't gather. They had to trust God. They had to remember that he promised to provide that blessing, even though they couldn't see the miracle right away. First is faith. Then he makes the miracle. But that's what God does, though, right? I mean, consider the miracle, for example, of answered prayer. Before you see the miracle of answered prayer, what do you got to do first? You got to, yeah, I mean, right, you got to pray, right? You got to pray. You got to believe that God can answer. And you got to believe that he just might answer this prayer that I'm asking of him, right? That's faith, right? That's faith. And by the way, for the record, God answers every prayer. Sometimes he says yes. Oh, those times are nice, right? Sometimes he says no. Those are hard. Sometimes he says, and this is hard to discern from time to time, sometimes he says not yet. But make no mistake, God answers every single prayer. But if you want to see the miracle of answered prayer, you got to pray first. You got you to you believe and trust first, and then the miracle comes, right? First is faith, then he makes the miracle. Now, I'm confident, looking back on my life, I'm confident there were many times that God was ready and willing to make a miracle for me. I just didn't have the faith to ask, right, if I'm honest. To speak plainly, there were other times where I just, I just chose not to follow. My hope and my prayer for each of us today is this, that those days are gone. That today would mark a point in each of our lives that things change in the most beautiful way. Because I believe confidently and strongly that miracles of spiritual rest are available for each one of us today. Did you know that Leviticus 25, we just read a bunch of it, it's ultimately all about Jesus? Did you know that? Do you know the, 
the entire Old Testament, like the first two-thirds of our Bibles, ultimately point to Christ time and time again? Meaning this, if we're willing to recognize and we're willing to receive this truth, Jubilee, Leviticus 25, one of the most boring chapters in all the Bible, right? It's about Jesus. Jesus is our Jubilee. Think about it, all right? Jesus is the one who cancels and forgives every debt. Jesus is the one who breaks the chains of sin and sets the captives or the slaves free. Jesus is the one who reconciles relationships in broken families. He's the one that brings hope and healing to every hurting home. Jesus is the one who redeems and restores God's property, that's us, back to its original owner, that's him. Jesus is our jubilee. He does more than just supply us with safety. He does more than simply sustain us in this life. Listen, he sets eternity in our very hearts. We have an awareness of eternity and we have even a hunger for it. He sets eternity in our hearts, but listen, he also satisfies that hunger for all who believe and all who trust him to save. Jesus is our Jubilee, but listen, first, first is faith. Then he makes the miracle. There's spiritual rest available today, and he's offering that. Listen, are you in need of forgiveness? Is the fresh start of a clean slate, is that what you need today? Have you thought this? Like, God, if I just, if I just had a clean slate, God, then I could walk with you. If, if there was just a way to, to wash away all my sins, God, and just kind of give me that fresh start, God, I, I would choose you. I would, I would follow you. Is that something that you need? Listen, he died for your sins, and he died to give you that rest. If you believe, then receive that miracle of forgiveness of all your sins by trusting Jesus today. And to the person who's been battling against the same sins day in and day out, right? Time after time after time again, over and over again, are you frustrated? Are you discouraged? Are you tired from that war you've been waging? Do you need the fresh start of victory? Oh, man, victory sounds nice, right? You know what comes after the victory? Rest. Yeah, the battle's over. You just kind of just, just rest, right? Oh, how good would that be? Listen, he wants you to win. He rose to give you that rest in your moments of weakness, turn to Jesus. Draw near to him. Remain near to him. Receive those miracles of peace, of self-control, of victory, and the rest that comes afterwards by drawing near to Christ. Jesus is our jubilee. He's rest for the weary. And for all those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Listen, you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be good enough for God, whatever that even means. Like Christian, you have the righteousness of Jesus. Wow. He rose from the grave and so will you. 
you can rest from trying to earn God's favor. You already have it. Just rest. Enjoy the fresh start of beginning to live a life of gratitude unto God. Instead of, instead of striving and just like, God, I'm trying to earn your approval, just, just rest and live a life of worship. And again, one of gratitude unto God. And to the one who is constantly concerned with food or, or, or the future or, or freedom, and, and you catch me on the wrong day, I'm definitely falling into that category lately, okay? So for those of us who, who that, that's the struggle and that's the thing that's really wearing us out on the inside, hear this, remember this, God cares for his children. He will protect and provide for them, for his family, forever. Rest. God can and he will continue to give us the grace that we need. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of Leviticus 25. Thank you, Lord, that for everyone who believes Jesus is our jubilee, hallelujah. Father, so many of us need spiritual rest. Help us, Lord, to find it. Help us, Lord, to be satisfied in that rest in Christ. Give us the grace we need, Lord, that we might place our faith in Jesus, not only the first time we receive him, but every day thereafter. God, help us to see you make miracles in our lives anew. I pray that that starts afresh for each of us today, having finally found the spiritual rest that our souls have been craving, perhaps for a very, very long time. For those who believe in you, Jesus, that you died for their sins, God, that you rose three days later for their life. For those who are ready to receive you, Lord, today, God, receive them into your family. Give them, Lord, the fresh start that their spirit needs, that fresh start of eternal life. If you're someone who has decided to receive Jesus today, I would ask you this. At our campuses, would you raise your hand? Man, that's definitely me. I'm receiving Jesus this weekend. I need that spiritual rest, that eternal life that he offers. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For those of us online, you better type Jesus like in all caps. If there's a way to bold it, do that too, okay? Because man, I received Jesus this weekend. Praise God. Can we celebrate that together? People coming to faith. Can we just celebrate that in the middle of the prayer. Is that okay? I think it is, right? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for being so good to us, Lord. Thank you for loving us first and allowing us to love you back. God, thank you. You are amazing. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.